podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Season 2 of the Road End Podcast. Each episode, we will speak to a new guest, get to know them and hear their stories about Liverpool Football Club. Hi everyone, welcome to Season 2 of the Road End Podcast. Today I'm joined by Alex, AGT from the Cop TV. We'll be discussing the 2022-2023 to season and also the main points from it and what we expect from next season. Okay, Alex, AGT, thanks for joining, mate. How are you? I'm all right, Don, man. Listen, it's good to to finally get on the pod. I've been watching from afar, so um, obviously we've got uh, a couple of mutuals. Um, I have to shout them out, don't I? Shout out Josh and Jack Flood each and every time. Shout out Zangil Zag. Um, so yeah, listen, it's always good to see, uh, uh, you know, our scouts are doing their thing. So, um, yeah, I'm glad to be on, mate. Yeah, it's good to have you, mate. Good to have you. Um, so for audience purposes, for my listeners, let's talk about the Cop TV, which is something that you do. Is this something you founded? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I founded it, um, towards the end of 2019. I got the opportunity to start a channel, um, and believe it or not, but all my family are from Liverpool and my mum used to work on the Cop in the 70s so she would sell hot dogs and programs in the actual cop um and it was her idea to call it that i was like what should i call this this new channel do you know what i was gonna call it i've never even told anyone this before and it's shit and i'm so glad i didn't i had two options before she came up with the cop tv it was red or dead tv oh no (laughs) which is shit (laughs) and then it was um maybe Red Wall TV or something like that. And then my mum came in and went, what about Cop TV, lads? And I went, oh, my God, mum, I think you found found the one. And I looked it up, no one had it. So, yeah, the Cop TV um, was born through through that, really. Um, and, yeah, we've been going now for a good few years. Um, I actually think this is only our second full season without COVID. Mm-hmm. So I say, really, it's our second going into our third season next season. But... Yeah, mate, it's changed my life. It's 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 my little baby. I live in Liverpool, as you know. So it's the dream job, mate, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, I love it. Red or dead, weren't that something Sturridge was saying? Do you know what? It probably came from a Sturridge hashtag that he made in 2013 or something like that. He, he, he did used to say that, yeah. But yeah, just, you know, when you think back and you think, oof, I don't even know how that would have worked. So <laughs> thank thank the lucky stars that my mum came in the room and put an end to that. <laughs> oh, okay. So what type of content do you guys produce? So we do, uh, we go to every home game. We do the fan cams from outside the park pub, outside the cop. Obviously, it has to be outside the cop if it's called the cop TV. And we also do studio-based podcasts, which would be good to get you on um, one day soon. We do match previews, reviews. We do player interviews. Um, recently, it's been quite nice to to kind of build a relationship with the club. And, and through that, we've been able to interview Ian Rush at the top of Anfield, abseiling down. We played, I say we, I played on the pitch uh, at Anfield a couple of weeks ago. So there's never, no content is really off the table. It's just whatever, you know what it's like. You've, you have to be very reactionary yeah. um, to news that break. So we do a lot of live streams like this or or in-person stuff outside the ground. Back in London, I use the studio as well there. So we try and do our best to cover everything, but essentially it is 
pretty much a two-man band in in terms of myself you know a guy that does the thumbnails but then obviously we bring mario doyle you know we've had ruby and james redmond on for a long period as well so yeah try and do a bit of everything mate really yeah mario's a top guy i've um he always seems to get himself on the camera in the ground I, and um in <laughs> yeah. paris i turned around and it was mario and i thought well i'm definitely get getting everywhere. on the telly here yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what it is, especially at Anfield, where the cameras are set up? He's, as you know, so passionate and he goes mad when when we score. But the cameras actually now know to look for him because they know that he'll give them a great one of them or one of them or... So, um, yeah, he somehow magically finds his way onto inside Anfield every week, live TV. Um, So, yeah, he, he... I love Liverpool, you love Liverpool, but he is next level. Yes. It's actually a bit annoying sometimes how much he loves it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's get into it then. And by the way, before we go anywhere, you mentioned you played it on field. Don't downplay yourself, mate. You got man of the match, I believe. I did, yeah, I did. I was captain as well. <laughs> Bloody hell. Um, I, I think I can safely dine out on that one until the day I die. I've already had people saying, oh... AGT played at Anfield last week. Did anyone know? And it's like, well, <laughs> that's not a normal sentence though, is it? Like, no. that's not something you just wake up and do on a, I think it was a <clears> Wednesday <throat> morning at 9am. It's not something that just happens. So, yeah, played on the pitch. Emil Heskey and Fowler were our managers. And to, to be fair, I scored. We lost 3-1. I scored, played quite well. And then at the end, I got the Man of the Match um, award, which is somewhere over here. Unbelievable, mate. Do you know what? They say, because, you know, I've played semi-pro. I'm a decent player myself. My dad was a footballer. When you play on a pitch like that, where it's zippy, it's like a carpet, you'd think, oh, this will improve my game. But for some people, um, it did the opposite because it shows you up if you're shit, really. Because if that ball's pinging over to you and you try and touch it and it zings off, like you're just going to look like a fool. So I couldn't believe how zippy the pitch was. I couldn't believe how big it was, mate, like getting up and down that for, it was two halves of 30 minutes. So getting up and down that, my legs were done for two days after. (laughs) Um, When I scored, I tried to slide on my knees. The guy was like, don't slide, lads, don't slide. (laughs) (laughs) I played Um, on there um, about 10 years ago, played right wing. And I yeah. was absolutely goosed. The oh, wing, mate. mate. I don't know, what position you know, are you playing? I was playing kind of CDM, CM role, which is a lot of running, but on the wings as well, mate, up and down. Yeah, you know what it's like? It's, do you know what? You'll, you'll understand. But when you're on the pitch and you're looking out, you can see every face. There wasn't yeah. any faces to see, but you can see every chair. You can see every face so if someone's giving you dogs abuse you know exactly where they're sitting you know exactly what they look like that's that's the mad thing and then you get the ball you start pinging it around and you're just like what is going on this is just (laughs) mental and then i had a shower after i had a shower as well uh, nick virgil's tie um towel we had food there after we did the tour unbelievable experience and um if you've played, you know, you did it first, you were there 10 years ago, but the, the stadium, as you know, has changed a bit since then. So yeah. it was nice to to go behind the scenes. The away dressing room is horrible, as it should be, by the way, but it is yeah. horrible. There's paint scratched off the wall. You can't even sit comfortably. They funnel um, the noise from the cop into the away dressing room before games. And that's how it should be, really. But um, yeah. unbelievable experience, mate. Yeah. Good. I made it for you, mate. Good. Thanks, man. Uh, so this season, let's let's dive into it. Basically, let's yeah. get in there. 
it hasn't gone to plan by any means, but towards the end, if anyone can put a run together, it's Liverpool and Man City. So it's sort of, we knew it could happen. It was just a case of if it did and when it did. Uh, what's your honest assessment on this season? Disappointing has to be the main word that you use considering back in August, everyone thought that we'd at least, or every single pundit or person on TV or in football said, yeah, Liverpool and City again, can't see anything different. And we all went with that. And I think maybe within week five, we knew, actually, yeah. we're not going to be anywhere near this league. So you kind of had to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You had to adapt what your expectations were very soon on. Because I remember being in New York in September and at that point, a month into the season, we're writing off, you know, Premier League, maybe even top four. Um, so to finish where we finished, it's probably par for the course if you look at some of the incredible games that we've had this season, which makes it so weird. It makes it even weirder. We've beaten yeah. United 7-0, which you don't get a trophy for, apparently. I did know that. before. Um, <laughs> you know, we've we've won away at Rangers. We've had some big wins in the Champions League. But what does it count for at the end of the season? Absolutely nothing. Well, I say that sounds ungrateful because there are teams 10th to 20th that would love to play in the Europa League. But just because of the standards that we've set, a fifth finish seems as if it's a massive disappointment, which it is. Let's, let's, let's actually raise our standards here. We've been in three Champions League finals in the last five. We need to be in that competition. So we're not. We're not anywhere near the title race. We went out of the Cups, which was disappointing. Um, the only glimmer of hope really is the fact that, you know, going into the end of the season, we've obviously got the last game on Sunday. There is still a very, very, very minute chance that we do get Champions League, but we're all admitting now that we won't. But I think the the small glimmer of hope really has been kind of the upturn in, in form towards the last 10 games. We know that we could do that. Um, mm. And that has been with Trent in midfield. The question is, why couldn't we have done that maybe before the World Cup? It's the million-dollar question or the £50 million question, maybe. Um, so disappointing, mate, really, when you look at the players that we've got. Not much has changed from the team that almost got the quadruple last season. The upturn in form for Curtis has been great. I'm just trying to take as many positives as I can. <laughs> Trent in it. midfield, positive. <laughs> Darwin, some positives there. Um, I think 16 goals in his debut season. You know, Mo doing what he does again. Alisson being the best and confirming that he is, or reconfirming to all the other fans, not us, that he's the best in the world. Mm -hmm. So there's Bejetic as well coming through. So if you actually want to, you know, handpick some moments, there's a good five to ten there. But unfortunately, there's about 20 bad moments as well. We've drawn nine and lost nine, which is half of the season, mate. That's half the season we've dropped points, which is not good enough. And we can sit here and make excuses, but the refereeing hasn't been great. We've been cost at the Villa at the weekend, but it, when it comes down to it, the table doesn't lie and we haven't been good enough. So yeah. the only positive look into next season is, well, can we have a really, really, really productive window? And that's getting rid of players and bringing them in. Can we build on what we've kind of this mini rebuild that we've done in the last 10 games, can we carry that on? Can we bring some big names in? And then we'll just have to see where we are next season. I don't, I, I couldn't even predict what will happen next season because last season, I was, this time last year, mate, we were days away from doing the quadruple, <sighs> right? Today, you know, there's nothing to play for. So somewhere in the middle, I guess, of that next season, maybe. Yeah. So Europa League, obviously that looks like it's on, given... Yeah. 
a disaster for Manchester United. Is it as bad as people are making no, out? definitely not. It is if you look at what Liverpool have achieved in the last five years, of course. But take away, let's go before that five years, we would have been fairly happy to get a Europa League spot. I know Jurgen Klopp, um, you know, we got one of those when he first came in, we got to the final. It's the only competition he's not won. So it does... <sighs> the thing is, you and I would both rather the Champions League, but if we are in the yeah. Europa League, let's look at the positives. We get a nice... You know, cheap flight out to Ludogorets. <laughs> <laughs> we can go to Toulouse. We can go to Betis, PSV, AC Milan. There's still some big teams in it. Also, let's not forget all the Man United fans that are singing, you know, you're in Europa, you finish fifth. They might be joy. They could well, we'll see them soon. in the Europa we'll League. You know, even Newcastle, if they finish third in their group, we could be playing them. Brighton are in the Europa League. So although it's the second tier European competition, we have been second tier this season. So it's yeah. it's almost we, we get what we deserve. So I'm really looking forward to it, if I'm honest, mate. I quite like Thursday nights. <laughs> you know, uh, I quite like Sundays watching Breaks football. the week up, doesn't it, Thursdays? Yeah, it breaks it up. It breaks up the latter half of the week, yeah. <laughs> not the start <laughs> of it. <laughs> But um, I'm looking forward to it, mate. As I said, there's some really interesting teams in the here and, and it's nice to, to try and nick a couple of away days at these places next year. So um, the finals in Dublin, you know, that would be a home game for us, essentially. I just don't want to get Sevilla. I know they're, if they win it, they're going to be in the Europa League. Sorry, they're, they're going to be in the Champions League, but they'll probably want to finish third just so they can get back in here and win this. So... Yeah, um, let's go and win it, mate, because that's another way of getting Champions League football. It's another trophy added. It's more memories along the way. And, you know, we get what we're given. We're not, we're not complaining about it. We're looking forward to it. Yeah, given the situation of maybe three months back, four months back, you'd have, you'd have snapped the hands off for Europa yeah. League because the position we were in, the form we were in, we don't even deserve to be anywhere near three points behind United. So have we had as bad a season as people are making out? Yeah, if you ask Flex, if you ask Robbie, if you ask Matisse, have Liverpool had a bad season? We have. Yeah. And you and I can admit that as well. But this is all because it's bad because of where we've been for the last five years. And all these yeah. teams that I just mentioned have been nowhere near that in the last five years. So for us to actually end up with a chance to get top four last game, I mean, listen, if we'd have beat Villa, if we'd have turned one of those Chelsea draws into a win, Mm. we'd be finishing above potentially Man U's best season in years. So that just shows you where the levels are and where they have been for the last 10 years, really, since United won a league. So, yeah, I mean, it's been a bad season, but for us to even be in and amongst the top four places, I wouldn't say it's it's a positive. It's, it's more frustrating, actually, because yeah. it's like, well, why couldn't we have just done this a little bit earlier? Why could we not have played a different formation against Brighton away, Wolves away, Brentford away? You know, we got battered. Oh, no. at these places you know so it's frustrating I'd say frustrating is the word more than anything because it's mm-hmm. it's too little too late but there is something but it's just come too little too late so frustrating yeah. is the word for me okay and obviously we had social media doing what it does best coming out with some absolute nonsense throughout the season <laughs> yeah. Klopp out seemed to do a little circle probably from people who've never honestly watched Liverpool before or never put in the miles like we have. What was your thoughts when this was going on? Because for me, you know, it's a season where it's a, no, it's a season of frustration, disappointment, and he'll feel it more than anyone. So, you know, we, we back the manager. He's, he's the only one that's produced so much for us so soon. So, well, his contracts, he's got three years left in his contract. So I don't see him. And this is the question that they ask me every week on DR. It's like, 
you can sit around and say that it's not good enough. He's got to go. But that's the difference between you and I. Liverpool fans don't do that. I said, we're not making T-shirts saying Klopp out like you guys are. We're not <laughs> hounding managers out of the club like United, Chelsea... Uh, have done in the past. So at the end of the day, Klopp's staying and I heard all this rubbish this season about the seventh season curse and all this. My answer to that was no one's seen him in an eighth season though, have they? So let's see what he does in the eighth season because he ain't going nowhere. And it was almost as if other teams wanted him to get sacked because they knew how good he was first and they knew secretly deep down, even though they didn't want to admit it, that he is the man to turn this around and rebuild it. So um, we'll see what happens next year because I'm pretty sure that this summer is the most important summer Klopp's had at Liverpool in terms of recruitment, strategy, planning ahead for the next three years because who knows, we could win another title in the next three years and then all that seven-season curse, where's that chat now? So he is the man, he will be the man, he always will be the man and it's as simple as that. Liverpool fans have got all the patience in the world with him. If every other team wants to ask the question, go ahead. But we've got the same answer. Listen, there have been times this season where maybe for the first time ever, I've questioned the in-game management, subs, leaving them too late, not using the right players. And listen, he's not, he is to us. He, he isn't God. He, some, someone's going to have to ask him some questions down the line at some point when things aren't going right. And that's how you do business you don't just sack someone because because they lost four games that's yeah. just not how we do it anyway other teams do that we don't so he is the man to to take us forward and you know if you don't like that then you're clearly not a Liverpool fan in my eyes good, on. good man okay I've seen um, Adidas gifted you a pair of one of two pairs of Bobby Firmino's boots um, what he played in the last game of the season yeah I've just seen a rumour now to say Barcelona are in pole position but they want Aubameyang ahead of Firmino. What? All right, take him. <laughs> that means that we could have him for another year. Like, the one thing I've been critical of Liverpool, as, you know, I've mentioned all that the other stuff, the the board-level decisions not to invest, the in-game management, that's all, you know, old news now, really, because hopefully all those things change this season. But the decision to allow... Bobby to leave for free doesn't sit right with me because as we saw at the weekend he still scores goals he's still such a vital player when he's on the pitch to me it's like well if there's no you know we're here in Barca a pole position that's great but if there is no one desperate to sign him because we would have heard a lot more rumours than this so far yeah then why couldn't we have held on for him I if I was the decision maker I would have given him a 12 to 18 month contract I know he's 30, but we've got to get over this thing of, well, we can't give contracts to anyone over 30. Because then, what, are we not going to give Virgil Allison? Are we not going to give Salah one when his comes near the end? Um, so Firmino, for me, had to stay. Yeah. Um, and I'm really upset that he's leaving. He's literally my favourite, one of my favourite Klopp players ever and Liverpool players ever. And to get his boots, as you mentioned at the weekend, is ridiculous again certain things happen to you when you're like yourself bro when you're working hard you're being consistent you find yourself gifted things or given opportunities to things that you'd never thought would happen so to get them boots is is literally a joke they're like rocking horse shit you can't even people in the comments like how much did you pay like i wouldn't have even been able to afford these because no. they are priceless so and when he scored again, it was like, well, do we really want this fella to leave now? And I know he's number nine. There's going to be 
shouts to get who who gets the number nine next season. But I don't know what you think, mate, but I think we should have kept him for another year. Like people say, oh, he's lost his pace, blah, blah, blah. He has never had pace where he just breaks through the lines. It's never been his game. What he does is provide someone dropping in and giving the wingers like Diaz, the Mane's in the past, the Salah, the space in behind to, you know, get in there and score the goals. Um, he's the most selfless player I've ever seen. He's regenerated that position, if not created that position what he's in now. Yeah. 12 months would have done no harm to have him there. No harm, you know. And do you know what? Before the World Cup, I think he'd scored 8 in 14 in, yeah, in the Prem. Shit hot. So... Again, we're hearing that Klopp wanted to keep Millie. We heard the board wanted to let him go. So there seems to be a slight fraction in between the decision-making between Klopp and, and FSG when it comes to these um, older players. Mm. I mean, Mil- Milner is 37, to be fair. But <laughs> but um, Firmino, for me, is one that you keep for for another year. I, I think maybe even make it a two-year deal. I mean, yeah. what's what's the harm? Get him to 10 years. Give him the testimonial. I don't think now is necessarily the right or best time to say goodbye to him. And whoever does get him, they've got a great player there. The fact that we've allowed the Ox cater to leave for free as well shows me that there must be money there. If, if we're comfortable throwing away, you know, how I know Bobby's definitely earned his, his crust back, but if we're happy to throw away 60-odd mil on cater and 40-odd mil on Ox and just let them walk out the door for free, that's either we've got loads of dough and we don't care or it's stupid slash ignorant to to what's going on. I mean, Ox is only 28 still, so... It's crazy. He feels like he's been around forever, doesn't he? I know. Well, he has, really. Uh, he's probably mm. been around for 10 years now. But, yeah, it just, to me, seems like we're letting too many... You, you know, I don't think United have made any money for selling, selling any players in the last 10 years. They kind of walk, walk down their contract and walk out the door. I don't want this to become a pattern for us. I think we're better no. than that. Um, you know, you've got a again sporting director coming in. We're hearing you've got to, I don't know what it is, get a big whiteboard up, a big red cross through the date that someone's leaving and say, Right, he's leaving or his contract runs out in 12 months. What's the plan? What's the strategy? Mm-hmm. Can we maximize the profit? Do we sign him on again? I just feel like the decision making since maybe the Edwards is the wards have gone as as has definitely led to some on pitch poor performances as well. So We've got to do something about that going forward because we we can't just let top top assets leave for free no. every summer. That's not no, how we do stuff. It's a lot of experience in that as well. They're, they're not just four players who've been there for a year or so. Cater, not as much influence on the pitch as we've liked, but the influence of Milner, Bobby, Ox, as much as he mightn't have played as many as we like as well, there's so much there that we're going to lose in that dressing room that you just can't buy. I mean, again, would Milner have been better off in a kind of coach-player role for next season? These are all questions that there's no point in asking now because they're all going. But I agree with you, mate. It's like the strategy has to be there going forward. We don't want to be this club that lets this kind of situation happen over and over again. Um, And as as you say, to replace all that know-how, experience, winning mentality... you say how much does that cost a lot because you can't buy that um yeah and who this is again it goes back to what i just said this is why this summer is the most important summer i think in Klopp's tenure because how can you replace all of that so we need Mm. to make sure every single day and it's june 14th but every single day spent in that window we have to be productive proactive 
thinking ahead to future proof ourselves for the next two to three years, really. Okay. And the last thing we'll talk about before we move on to maybe just a couple of quick fire type of questions at the end. Um, two to three windows, if not years, we've talked about Jude Bellingham. He's the closest thing to Gerard that I've seen. Yeah. And that's a massive statement, but it's what I believe. Well, I actually think he's better at 19 than Gerard was at 19. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm with you on that, mate, because he's, he's carrying a top European club at 19 years of age. And he's that's what it's unheard of. What are your whole feel? What are your feelings on this situation? For me, I'm just I'm fed up with just believing something's going to happen and it doesn't because we know that FSG or whoever's brought this out has said it's this figure. We've knew it was going to be this figure for so long. So why is it now we've went? Oh shit, we can't play that. Where's the strategy there? Where's the big club mentality there? You you know, it's like we've pulled us. It's not even like they've told us we're not in the race. We've basically pulled out of the race before it even began. Mm. Um, I mean, it's gone a little bit quiet now with the Bellingham stuff. It's rumoured that he's going to end up at Madrid, which, you know, can you blame someone? Will you actually be asked that? Because we've said, well, come to Liverpool and then stay for four years and then go to Madrid. But there's no guarantee they ask you twice in your career. No. And if, if it was you or I, you know, it happened with Steve McManaman, and Scouse lad, got asked the question, can you really say no to Real Madrid? So I'm not too mad at him going there. It's more, we know it was so obvious that we were in for him. We were teased so much by our own players, mate, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah. Hendo's got to get done for, for child grooming at some point there <laughs> if he doesn't end up coming because the way he was hanging, hanging around Jude unbelievable so it again it comes it's our fault mate it's not Jude's fault it's not Real Madrid's fault it's our fault because Mm -hmm. again without a sporting director to really make sure these deals are seamless and not really spoken about that's the key thing it was also in the open which is never a good thing because how do we do the Van Dyke deal how do we do the Allison, the Fabinho it was all done just quickly the Jota Thiago all these deals were just Sign. They're holding up the shirt. There's none of this back and forth. Whereas I feel Liverpool fans got involved in this 18 months of back and forth, back and forth, and it was also public. It's a bit messy when that happens. You don't. That's not how big clubs really run. And I'm, I'm, you know, there's still a chance that he stays at Dortmund. I think if you win the league there, obviously there is steps up after Dortmund with respect. But if you win the league there, who's to say he might? want to say, well, actually, I've just won the league. We're in the Champions League. I'm staying for another year, which I wouldn't blame him for, by the way. No. I think there's probably a 2 to 4% chance that Liverpool can still buy him. And I'm not saying that's this summer. Could be next summer. But, you know, we went from, what, 80, or in our minds anyway, we were, what, 85% likely that this would happen. And now it's it's pretty much disappeared. So, unfortunately, I can only blame ourselves for that, mate. Last couple of questions. It's based on our season and for nice. next. Player of the season for Liverpool. Alisson. Alisson, um, which isn't a good thing, by the way, if your goalkeeper's no. player of the season. But sometimes you you look at his saves and I think he's clear in terms of keepers that have saved definite goals against us this season, which again isn't a good thing because that shows mm. you that the defence is leaky. But forget the bad season, forget all the other positions that should be winning player of the year. When you you know isolate how good he is as a goalkeeper, how good he is with his feet, he can assist, he can score, he can get us in the Champions League last minute.com. He is without question the best. And again, you know, you and I weren't around for the 
necessarily the Grobelars or the or the guys before that who were incredible who led the way. But he is easily the best goalkeeper I've ever seen. Easily. Yeah. So I'll give it to him. Uh, notable mentions. I guess you've got to throw Salah in there for getting 30 odd goals in all comps. You've got to throw Curtis Jones maybe late on, Bechetic. But yeah, it's clear and by far it's Allison. Yeah. By okay. Far. So best moment of the season for you? Ooh. Great question. There's again, this is why I come back to the word frustration, mate. Yeah. Because why can I remember a good three to five really incredible highs? But what is it meant in the end? Obviously mm. the seven nil. Obviously the was it six or seven one away at Rangers? Was it seven? Seven I one. I think it was seven. That's up there. City at home. The best actually I'll give you the best moment. And again, it, in the end it wasn't a great moment. But that twenty minutes that I had at Anfield when we were two new up against Madrid. For me, that was the best 20 minutes I've had at Anfield. It was bouncing in there, mate. It was a joke. Um, but then Madrid do what Madrid do. We helped them, obviously, by messing up, messing it up, passing it back to Alisson, which I don't blame Alisson for that. It was more of a Joe Gomez issue. So I will go with the first 20 minutes of that Real Madrid game. We've spoken about the biggest disappointments, which was most of the season, so we'll forget that. Yeah. Um, what do we need for the new season? I reckon there's about seven to nine players leaving got to bring what three to five in so a lot needs to be done do we get a new right back do we play Trent in midfield these are all the key decisions that have to be made really early on in the window to allow us the most time to either replace or or improve you've got to buy two to three midfielders question is do you buy a Bobby replacement or maybe not considering we've got five strikers really do you need more than that do you get a couple of more number twos you know, I heard very recently that Kelleher might stay now, which is great. But for me, if I'm a 25-year-old keeper and I've only played 20-odd league games or just 20-odd games at 24, you've got to question your own ambition. ambition. Yeah, um, I'd love him to stay. I do think he's the best number two in the world. But Kelleher, will he leave? So you've got to buy goalkeepers. You've got to buy another centre-back. Because Nat Phillips will probably leave. You've got to have a little bit more depth in that position because it seems like if if Matip or Van Dyke get injured, the defence just falls apart. So there's a lot of this is it all goes down to what I've just said again that how important is this summer, mate? So we're looking at five to seven positions there to fill. So this sporting director has got a lot of work to do very yeah. soon as well. Got to get yeah. stuck in. And FSG have got to dig deep. FSG have to dig deep. There's no other option now. You know, when we won the Champions League, we didn't buy anyone really. I know we bought um, Fabinho the season we lost in Madrid, which was a very impressive, reactive purchase. But Mm. um, FSG have got to put 150 to 250 million down this summer. And that's not because they should. It's because they have to. If they, yeah. And again, this is the key question. Does their ambition match the, the fans' ambition? You see how Man City get backed illegally. Cheaters. Um, but we need, to, we need to... We need. I'm not necessarily saying go out and splash 600 million like Chelsea do. Because we've mm. seen that's not the way how you do it. We know that's not the way. So none of us want that. Um, but you've got to go and put a 200 down and really show some some fight and and let the rest of the league and the Champions League know we're not you know small fishes here we need to act yeah. like big fish in the window we've been a big fish dealing with student loan uh, resources really for the last two years which just doesn't match up no. um, 
and I think there's going to be absolute riots if they don't do something massive this summer. I mean, we all love the new stand. We love the new training ground. These are all things that needed to happen. And, you know, big ticks to FSG for doing that. But they will not get away with another summer of underinvestment. And this mm. has to be, and again, so important this summer that they invest, yeah. Right. Let's call it a pod then, mate. Appreciate your time coming on, Alex. Really no good. Worries, really bro. good to have you on, mate. It's good to finally catch up with you as well. So let's hope big summer ahead and big things for next year because I don't know about you, but I'm having withdrawals in terms of finals. Yeah, honestly, mate. Like I uh I worked at Box Park Wembley when we won the FA Cup last year. Five thousand Reds all going mad. We had the Champions League final to look forward to. It's only until that doesn't happen the next year. You go, oh, what a year that was! Yeah, and I don't know when the next time is that we're going to be in a final, mate. So get the season review out for last year if you want, because you don't want to watch this one. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll speak to you soon, mate. Okay, thanks Good very much. Tom. Big up, brother. Take care. Thanks to everyone for listening in to today's podcast, and thank you to our amazing guests. Without them, this wouldn't be possible. Don't forget to follow us on social media twitter.com forward slash the road end pod and on instagram instagram slash the road end pod 